All right, I'm going to say a bunch of shit that everybody hates. Nobody wants me to say any of this. And if you're wondering why I'm alone in this episode, it's because for once, I just want to talk to myself through you. Because at the end of the day, you're not even here. So who am I talking to? Nobody. I'm just crazy. All right, that's all is going on right now. I'm just a crazy person having a conversation with himself, and you're here to witness it. And I think the topic that I want to talk about today is a topic that I usually touch on pretty often in these episodes, and it's the whole idea of death. The reason why I talk a lot about death is because it's so close all the time, and we're all so fake, and we're all so freaking... Because, like, dude, I, I, I hate this. I hate how we all think we're so important when we're not we're just not and and a lot of people just can't really fathom that idea some people just really can't accept the fact that they're so worthless and i'm not saying that to be like a devil human being or to be a dick i'm saying that because you're not the main character in everybody else's lives you and me are just a side character in somebody else's story, and maybe we were lucky enough to make enough of a difference in their life to change them a little bit or to have a certain influence on them. But anyways, you know what? They're going to die, and so are you, and so is everybody else. You want to hear a really crazy thing? Right now, wherever you are, whenever you are, as long as it's not after, like, the robot age, in 100 years from today, a hundred percent of the people who are here on this earth right now are going to be dead. Except for like some weird old people that ate nothing but fruits and vegetables. Those vegans d deserve to die sooner. <laughs> but they're not. For some reason, some reason someone's keeping them alive. These fruits and vegetables are powerful. Eat your veggies. So... What I'm saying is is that, like, you're so unimportant. And even, let's say you made the biggest impact ever. Like, what what is an impact? It's, it's, an, it's an influence that you have on others. And an impact usually means it's a big influence on a lot of people. And a lot of those people are also going to die. But you know what? You made a change that sparked a bigger change that sparked a bigger change. Because to combat what I'm saying, because obviously I'm a hypocrite just like you, <laughs> Am I projecting or deflecting? Of course, because that's what I do. Um, humans, we we need these minimal impacts because these small changes in life accumulate to make bigger changes, you know, and, and, and they're necessary to life. But the most important thing about life is death. I think that one thing we all know for sure about ourselves is that we are going to die. And, and with that being said, I think that we need to plan more of our life in accordance to that. Like really, really sitting with the idea that, yo, you are not going to live and maybe tomorrow is that day where that life hits death. And whether it is tomorrow and whether it is in 20 years, are you totally happy with what you've done in this time? Or are you happy with what you're doing now? Or happy with how you spent your last day? Or if today was the last day, are you happy with how you spent it? I feel like a lot of people don't think about death as much as they should. And don't think about death as much as I do. I think about death way too much. 
but it helped me get perspective because if I think about it like this, like, okay, the world has laid out a path for me. It's saying, all right, guy, look, how does the lighting here? Is it, is it dog shit? All right. The world has laid out a path for me. It said, guy, look, you have this period of life. All right. Let's give it about 75 years. And in that 75 years, we'll promise you one thing. We promise that we'll give you a certain amount of education from ages like four till 18. And then from that point on, you can decide what you want to do. Now, we've already created 14 years of a micro commitment, actually a macro commitment in your life of how much education you've already received. So why don't you spend four more years finishing that for a huge sum of money that we're going to use to charge you more in the future and kind of suck you into this lifestyle where you pay taxes and pay us more money in a certain way. And what we will teach you is going to be very minimal. What we're going to teach you is actually going to be uh, a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, it's going to be four years of nonsense. And what you're going to do with that theater degree is you're going to go out into the world and you're going to be extremely confused why everybody around you isn't in a costume. And everybody around you isn't on a giant stage. Oh, wait, but they are. They are. They're all the main character, actually. And you're just a fucking NPC in their life. And the same goes to them, to you. You are just that main character, and they're all NPCs. So that theater degree really paid off. But no, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you lived your whole life, what is it, 50 years, 60 years on a good day, and... And you, you, you got the degree. We'll give you this. We'll, hi, I'm Mr. Government. We'll give you this degree. And, and then you can go out in the world and be extremely confused. <laughs> Here's internships at places you don't really care about. And here is a job that you're not going to care about. Here's a cubicle and we'll put your name on it so that you feel more emotionally connected to it. Because materialism exists whether we like it or not. And... Like, and materialism really is just us feeling like we we are more than than the nothing we really are. So my philosophy in life is accepting that nothing, because around me is all of my materialistic values. But the beautiful thing about materialism is, as much as I can talk shit about it, I value it just as much as the next guy. I'm wearing Nike right now. If I was wearing Nike, would I not value materialistic stuff? Is, is anybody who preaches anything not materialistic? Are we all just kind of a little bit of a liar? Are vegans really helping the planet? Or are they in their house using a shit ton of TV and computers, um, which is destroying the planet through other forms of, of energy usage or, or excess electricity usage or something? We're not all really saving the planet. We all just want to feel like we're a little bit more than something that that what we really are, which is which is a worthless human being uh, <laughs> who has absolutely no meaning. And, and, and we might have meaning if we try hard enough to make meaning, but we try so hard to make meaning because of the lack of meaning we truly feel within ourselves. And what we do is we buy things to give ourselves more meaning and make us feel more than what we are because deep down we really feel like we're meaningless. So what we do is we buy nice cars, we, we start a business, we, we, we chase our dreams, we start a career that we love, we make a lot of money, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this. We, we might, you know, cut the fucking mayor ribbon. You know, there's nothing wrong with chasing your dreams and really going hard at it. But sometimes we do it and we succeed, but we do it for the wrong reasons. And then we 
go into this lifestyle that we might like or we might not like, but it's all just going to go to the same place, which is death. <laughs> Moral of the story is this. We buy a lot of things to make us feel like our meaningless life has meaning. But the, but the funny, funny thing about it all, the funny thing about it all is that everything you bought when you were alive, everything that you thought you owned or felt you possessed, when you pass on, all of your stuff will pass on to someone else. No matter what, whether you have a house that passes on to your to your kid, to your parents, to the state, to the city, whatever happens to you when you die, just know that everything that you possessed, whether it was for your own sentimental value or for your own intrinsic values or whether it was to impress the people around you, whatever reason you bought what you had when you were alive, when you die, nobody is gonna care as much as they will want your stuff. Some people are really going to care. Some people really loved you. Some people you really made an impact on. But some people don't give a shit. And they just want your stuff. So, moral of the story, <laughs> when you pass on, your stuff will pass on. So, let go of that shit because it doesn't matter. Here's another thing um, that I think is important. And, and then after I say this, I'm going to go on chat GPT and I'm going to ask it to tell me 10 things that people are afraid to ask themselves. But before I do that, I want to let everybody know this. I'm not preaching death as if it's something good. I'm preaching death as if it's something that is part of the human existence and that you need to understand that it's real and you should not shy away from that. And, and why I do that is because I was at a bar yesterday and I see two beautiful black women sitting and I approach them and I start talking to them and then I ask I ask one of them how do how do you guys know each other and what she tells me she tells me that's my baby's godmother and I was like oh huh? so when you die she's gonna raise your baby and she was like wow, why would you put it like that? Like, I mean, that's like a harsh way to put it, but yeah, I guess. And I'm like, harsh way to put it? That's what a godmother is. She is. She's the woman that when you go, she's going to take your stupid child and be like, hey, motherfucker, raise, raise. I'm going to raise you. That's it. And if you didn't die, then all, then, then all she is is just a woman that's there. That's all a godmother is. She's just totally unnecessary unless you die. And people, like, it's like, that's what she is. That's the definition of what she's doing. That's what you hired her to be. You hired her to be your dead replacement. <laughs> she's literally your death replacement to raise your kids. And you are like shocked that that's what I said. And I know like maybe the bar isn't the setting to have this conversation, but when is it really the right time to have an honest conversation? Never. Where is it okay to be like, yeah, dude, that's the facts of it is. Cause that is literally, I might be wrong, but that is literally the definition of what she's doing. 
Am I wrong? That's isn't that not exactly what she is? Is the woman that will raise your kid when you die? <laughs> Am I wrong? Don't die. <laughs> if you're so scared. So here's the one thing that I will say from a, a person who um experience loss and i feel like other people who experience loss may agree with me on this people who haven't experienced loss this is for you please stop saying this phrase i'm so sorry for your loss please stop telling people that you're sorry for their loss because you know what that means it means the exact opposite you're not sorry for their loss. You are not sorry for their loss. If your coworker's mom died and you say, I'm sorry for your loss, you're not actually saying, I'm sorry that your mom died. You're saying, I'm thankful that my mom's still alive through your experience that you're having right now. I'm not thinking about your mom. I'm thinking about my mom. And how grateful I am that she's still living while your mom's dead. <laughs> am I wrong? Like right now, let's say, let's say your, your friend calls you and, and, and you know them for a little bit of time. Maybe you work together and you're like, hey, look. Like, ah, my, my, my dog died. And then you're like, ah, oh, no. I feel bad. I feel bad. What do you feel bad? You didn't do anything. You're so irrelevant. Everyone's always just trying to find a way to include themselves in something big that happened. It's like when somebody dies, a lot of us are always, we, we also do this thing where it's like, damn, I literally just talked to them two months ago. <laughs> okay. Two months ago, that's a regular interaction you are not involved in that person's death stop trying to find a way in to the story because you want to have a story you want to you want to go to somebody else and be like yo do you know john died who's john i don't know i talked to him two months ago <laughs> and it was it was i can't believe he's dead now i literally he was just here like yesterday he was alive now he's not well that's how death works <laughs> you know and some people are like oh that was so unexpected that was so unexpected. I didn't expect him to die. What did you wake up every day like? Oh, did he die? Like n that would be weird if you expected the death. I don't think they were on a deathbed. Like, like when my sister died, I was like, "Damn, dude, that shit sucks." But I wasn't like, "Damn, dude, that was the most unexpected death of my life." <laughs> dude, it's so alive. Death is alive. I've been talking about death for seventeen minutes. And it's been fun. And I think the reason why I've been talking about death for 17 minutes is because I think that um, I think that that I should shoot this fart gun. I do want to say one thing that kind of has to do with death before I get to the questions. And it's actually about love. And I might just be naive saying this, and I, I might I might have a point, but if you want to comment on this idea, I would love to hear your opinions. But if you're in a relationship right now, 
so you've been with the person for a month, a year, maybe you're single, I'd encourage you to think of a past relationship that you've had. How do you know that you're in love with the person that you're seeing and not with the story that they make you feel you're living in? How do you know that you're in love with them and not the idea of who you think they are is what I'm trying to say. How do you know that you're actually enjoying this person and and loving this person for who they are and what they value and them, just them, and not loving them because of how they make you feel, how powerful they may boost your ego, how how it makes you feel. How do you know that you love this person for who they are and not for the facade that you've created them to be? And the reason why I ask that question is because right now I'm talking to this girl that I think that I like. The reason why I say I think that I like her is because I, I do like her, but I feel like I might love the story of what we could be more than I actually love who she is as a person. And I feel like it's easy to fall victim to that when the person that you love makes you feel so good about yourself. How do you know that you just don't love that feeling that they make you feel about you as opposed to the love you really feel towards them and and the love that you feel about them, the love you have for who they are? It's, 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 it's so tricky. And, and I feel like a lot of people would just rather settle with the idea that maybe this is love as opposed to being like, yo, let's take a step back and see how we really feel about each other. Do I really like your presence or do I just like how it makes me feel about myself? And why is this related to death? Because then... Because at the end of the day, let's say you're lucky enough to make it to like 60 years and you look back and you say to yourself, did I live to my fullest potential? Did I live a life that I wanted to live? And then you look at all the things that you thought you were doing for yourself. You look at all the things that you did, not because you wanted to do them, but because everybody else around you was doing them or or subconsciously impose those ideas on you, and now you live that life that you never wanted to live, but you just live it because it's the only way you thought you could because everybody else was doing it, and now your life sucks. Now, I'm not trying to, like, shit on your boat or, like, fuck with you or make you feel like you, you're you living your life wrong because I, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I live in a van, all right? I live, look at this thing. I live in a van... That's not even moving, all right? The engine broke down. I have to pay $5,000 to $7,000 to fix it. But at the end of the day, I live in a van, okay? And my life is pretty, pretty crazy. So how do I know that I know what I'm doing? That's the problem is that a lot of people, a lot of people try to act like they know what they're doing. And when you realize that nobody knows what they're doing, that's when you start really living. Because then you're like, okay, nobody knows what they're doing. All right, my life and your life and their life is all going to be meaningless in at least a thousand years if I'm being generous. And I just got to do what I want to do. That's the only way I can live correctly. I can't continue living for others. So 
that's kind of like the question is like, yo, how do you know you're doing what you know you're doing for you? And and that's where the love comes in. Is that like, how do you know you're loving this person? Like, how do you know this is actually the person you want in your life for as long as you want them in your life? And that you're not just wasting your time because your mom likes them or because secretly you know you can't get love from anybody else. So you cling on to this person because you feel like this is your only way for to feel love towards yourself is through the love that they give you. And then when you lose them, you won't have their love, which means you won't have your love, which means you'll hate your life and you'll go depressed and then you'll probably kill yourself. So you cling on to this person like it's a leech and you're like, I want to be with this person forever. And then you fucking die. And then it was all for nothing. Um, That's why the lights are red because I really want you to really sit with that feeling that you're doing everything wrong because you're not. Because by doing everything wrong, you're doing everything right. Do you understand this? That every thought in your head that's judging you or making you feel like you're doing something wrong is just a thought that another person had and imposed onto you subconsciously, unconsciously, and now you think it? Don't you understand that? When you stop judging yourself, that's the real you talking to you, telling you what the fuck you should be doing, and that's the motherfucker that you want to listen to. You don't want to listen to that guy in your brain that's like, eh, I don't do it. Nah, don't do that. Don't chase your dreams. Don't do stand-up. Don't buy a van. Go go to college. You know, I'll be honest with you. I would have been in college right now if my sister was still alive. Am I saying that I'm grateful that my sister's dead? Yes. Is that totally fucked up? Of course it is. Because I'm not happy that she's dead, but I am grateful for everything that happens in my life which means that I can't pick and choose what I'm grateful for. I can't say that, oh, well, this is miserable, or I'm so upset that this happened, but I'm so glad that this happened. If I want to go through life trusting the universe or God or you, whatever you believe in, I have to, I, I have to live by this quote then. And this is Albert Einstein. And, and I do live by a numerous amount of quotes, but this is one of the many quotes that I live by, and this is Albert Einstein. You can either live life as though nothing is a miracle or as though everything is a miracle. There's no in-between. You can either live life as though everything is a miracle or as though nothing is a miracle. So you every day have the freedom to choose which that is. And you can't hate some things and love the others because that's where you might feel like in, in accordance with life that you might be doing something wrong because you're not trusting that all these other things that you've done are right. You know? It's 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 kind of a domino effect. So it's like it's it's crazy to say, oh, you're grateful for your sister's death. Because I'm not grateful that she's dead. I'm not grateful that she's not here and that I can't see her and that I can't talk to her and that I can't share my opinions with her and love her and hug her and kiss her and 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 be a good brother to her. No, that's not what I, that's not what I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for who she's helped me become through her life and through her death, for who she's made me to be, for this person that I am today. I'm grateful for the trust that she's imposed on me and given me to love life, for the trust that I have towards the universe, for the feeling that she gives me when I look at the moon because that's how she wanted me to associate her with because that's what she put in her suicide letter is to look up at the moon and to know that every time I look up at the moon that I'm looking at her and to just trust, trust everything, trust the process, trust her, trust life. That's it. 
trust, and I trust, and that's why I'm grateful for my sister's death. This whole video is just is just one big message that I'm really trying to get in your brain is that you are not as important as you think. The things you own aren't important as you think. The people you know, as sad as it sounds, aren't as important as you think. This is your life, your story, your experience, not theirs. This isn't their life. This isn't their story. This isn't their experience. Don't let other people dictate your short life. Don't let things dictate what makes you you. Don't let your material possessions determine your value as a human. If you chase these superficial things like fame, money, cars, fancy things, you suck. A lot of people don't like what I say, especially when I say it on stage because they feel attacked, because they feel like what I'm saying is true and they don't want to accept it. I think that I have to find a way to say it where people don't feel attacked because people don't want to hear the voices that they push away in their brains. They don't want to hear that manifest itself through words of another human being. So they just kind of shut you off and they just disagree with everything you say. And that's why a lot of people aren't going to like me because what I say isn't what people want to hear. And I say these things to people, and, and they just don't like the truth. People don't like the truth because people would rather live in the politeness of life. Like, people would rather be like, hi, how are you? And you'd probably say, how are you, like, at least 30 times a day. And at least 30 times out of those 30 times, you don't care. And that's not, like, a cool realization. That's just... That's just how it is. I think we all just kind of follow the the standard norms of of culture, you know, and and culture is 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 a system in a way, the same way the school system is a system, and it's our duty to live up to the system that we want to live, and that's kind of what I do in my version of success. Cause I talk a lot about what success is and how we're all fake and how we all chase like this fake version of success. So I think it's important for me to also share with you what I think success is. To me, success is the moment that I do two things. So the moment that I sit down and I, and I envision a lifestyle that I wanna live, where I see it in, in color, where I see the life that that I want to live on a daily basis. And I'm not saying like a snapshot. You hear that sometimes where it's like, what's that snapshot? No, that's not going to make you happy because life isn't a snapshot. Life is not like a this thing. Like success for me is not going to be the moment I perform in Madison Square Garden because that's not success. That's 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 something that's happened because I can't, because that would mean that I'm, I'm basing my success off of, of, of a single experience. Like something happened in my life that's now making me feel successful but over time what's going to happen is 
is everything we do is kind of like for an emotion. We buy feelings. When we buy objects and we buy material good and we buy a car or a house, we're actually just buying an emotion. What do I mean by that? When you buy a car, you're buying about, or, or, or let's say this, when you buy a new shirt, you're buying about a day or two of happiness. You're buying about a day or two of happiness. When you buy a new watch or a piece of jewelry that's pretty expensive, then you're buying yourself about a week, maybe a week, two weeks tops of happiness. When you buy yourself a new car, you're buying, you're not buying that car. You're buying about a month to two months of happiness. And I'm not saying like the happiness lasts for two months like this. It goes like this. You buy the car and then over a period of two months, the happiness starts to die down. You go back to that neutral stationary line of, of your regular life. And you don't want to live on this line. You want to live anywhere above it. And whenever you feel like you're not above that line and that you're even below that line, then you try so hard to get back on top of it. And that's when you buy more things and you just enter this cycle of buying things and, and trying to buy these emotions. So when you buy a house, now you're buying a year or two of happiness. You know, you, you spike all the way up, you spend all this money and it slowly goes back down. And, and those once in a lifetime experiences like performing at Madison Square Garden, like, um, you know, like blowing up on a certain channel or, or getting um, a one-time appearance on a, t on a TV show or, or anything that you deem success to be in a one-time value those things are actually what's are like your part take part in your slow death is because you're now taking these things that aren't going to last forever and you put all your happiness towards it and now when that goes away your happiness goes away which is why i i really live by this equation that is happiness equals reality minus expectations and if your expectations are that you're going to experience this thing that you're setting yourself out to experience for a long time is your expectation, then your reality is going to suck because it's not going to last forever. So what I'm saying is, is that if I let my happiness be that end goal, which is one of my goals is to hit Madison Square Garden, I won't be happy now because I'm not at Madison Square Garden right now. I'm in a van. I'm in a fucking van that with a broken engine. Like this is not gonna give me the happiness so how do I find the happiness because what is success really it's just a feeling of happiness for a longer period of time at least something along those lines of just an emotion that we want to feel that's really what success is but that's why I don't say look at the snapshot don't look at that one-time occurrence success is a lifestyle success is a system for me success is what am I doing on a daily basis how does my ideal week look like how does my ideal month look like? What am I doing on that week? What am I doing on that month? How do I know that that means that I'm successful? And when I live that life for a week, for a month, that's when I know that I'm successful. And, and that's how I measure it. So, for example, for me, success was very, very, very simple. And it comes in stages. My stage one success, which I just recently hit, was I want to produce content on the internet so that I can share my message, which are like a lot of the things that I'm saying now and a lot of things that you're going to hear me say in the future. But just to get in the groove of being the successful comedian that I want to be, I said, okay, when it comes to my online presence, which is so superficial, but just something that I, I want to do um, 
in terms of my career, but also something that I want to enjoy doing and not just doing it because it's something that I have to do. I really want to make the world laugh in any way I can, and I'm going to do that by posting on social media seven days a week, uh, posting a YouTube video a week, and posting a podcast episode a week, and really developing my brand. And the more the what this is going to do is this is going to help me achieve my next stage lifestyle, which is going on tour and meeting my fans and selling my merch and expanding, which is going to help me reach phase three, which is then going to help me reach phase four. And these phases are going to tell me that my lifestyle is reaching the stages in life that I want them to reach so that I can continue elevating and get to that final stage where one of those stages, maybe it's stage 11, stage 15, but one of those stages is going to have me in that lifestyle performing at Madison Square Garden. It's not the one thing that's going to happen that's going to make me feel happy, but it's going to be all these accumulation of stages that I've overcome to reach that stage where Madison Square Garden is a part of that lifestyle. And it's going to be a part of that lifestyle. It's not going to be the end result. There's going to be a lot more going around that. It's not going to give me the happiness I want. It's definitely going to feel like an achievement, but it's not what I'm looking for to, you know, put my happiness into. Now, that was just number, that was just like one part of what I think success is. I told you there was two parts and this is the second. I want to experience this process and this lifestyle without caring and with totally disregarding the opinions and and validation of others. For example, I want to succeed on my own terms. I don't want to succeed for you. I don't want to succeed for my parents. I don't want to succeed because I've taken a risky path and I want to prove to myself or others that this is just part of the process. I want to succeed for the sole purpose that I just want to enjoy and experience more life for my own fun and benefit, not for the artificial extrinsic purpose of proving someone wrong or proving to others that I can or proving to my family that I can succeed or that it's possible. I don't want those things to drive my desire to succeed. So with those combined, it's like I want to succeed on my own terms and I want to succeed for me. I don't want to become anything that I want to become because it's something that I think will impress another human being. I don't want to become something because somebody else is doing it. I don't want to become something because it's going to make somebody proud. I want to become something because that's what I want to become. Because that's what I know I want to do for the rest of my life, no matter who agrees or disagrees with it. Because if I value one person's opinion, who's positive about what I'm doing, who worships what I'm doing, then why not live by everything's a miracle and value something that I, and, the, and value someone who I totally disagree with, who totally disagrees with what I'm doing and hates what I'm doing. Overall, my message to you is live your life. You're gonna die. Um, I want to end this. I want to end this episode by asking a question that I want people to drop in the comments and tell me if I made a merge drop all based on death, like you're gonna die, hoodies. 
would you buy it? Because you're going to die. Why not let everybody else know, too? Just like a whole brand around death. Like, we're not even the truthers. We're the deathers. We're just a bunch of dead people walking. You know, Louis C.K. said it best. We're all a bunch of dead people waiting for death. Like, we're all just a bunch of living dead people who are going to die. And that's the truth, man. Like, here's the thing. When you see a girl, why do you give her live flowers? Why not dead flowers? What makes these dead flowers any less of a gift than a bunch of live flowers? What makes these dead flowers ugly compared to giving a girl live flower? Because I'm going on a date tomorrow, and I'm going to give these to her because this is going to this is what's going to tell me about her character. When I give her these dead Flowers. This is going to tell me whether or not what kind of person she is. This is going to tell me whether or not she's the type of person that I want in my life. Are you going to walk away from me just because I'm dead? That's what's going to tell me if she takes the flowers or not. You know what I should do? I should take this fucking fart gun of this date and I should just like blow this shit in her ear. And I do that all the time. I walk around and go to strangers and I'm just like, and they don't know what to do because I'm, I'm an idiot. I'm just an idiot. I'm an idiot and that's fun. You know, because my parents are alive. <laughs> and I love that they're alive. My parents are cool people, man. And that's why I'm grateful. Because today I woke up and I had both my legs. I had both my arms. I had both my penis. And I had both my head. And I was like, yo, if I'm all here right now, do I really need anything else? Is this all I need? Is this really all I need? I think this is it. I don't think I need anything other than all this stuff that I just named. Like, everything else could just die. Like, what if there was a fucking nuclear explosion and all I had left was my, my legs, my penises, and my arms? I don't need anything more. That's all I need in life. That's all you need in life is my legs, my penises, and my arms. And when you have that, you found success. We all overthink success. Like, we all overthink success. And I should do this podcast like this because it doesn't matter if you could see me or not because it's still my message being said and you can still hear me because I'm holding a microphone that's wobbling around my hand. Because when I look at success my life, I'm out doing big old clubs and everyone's going to see Guy Rubin and I got all these merch drops. And you're like, damn, bro, this is a cool brand. I want to wear this brand. This is a cool brand. You know, that's how I think. I think that we need to live, we need to sell our soul to something and just let it take over our whole life and just give it everything we can. And if we succeed, that's awesome. And if we don't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know why? Because nobody cares. You're going to die. Maybe I'm just projecting because I feel like my life is so meaningless and that because I live in a van that my life doesn't matter and that people don't actually care about me and that anything I could do today is not going to affect the way that the earth spins tomorrow and anything I do today isn't going to affect the decisions that you make today or tomorrow or the decisions that anybody else makes. That anything I do today is not as important as I wish it was. And 
You know what? That's okay. That's okay that nobody cares. That's okay. Everything is okay that I'm just living a life that nobody even knows that I'm existing. That I live in this van, and if this van exploded tomorrow, that nobody would even know. Maybe it would take a couple of days for somebody to find out. Not the only people who would really care are my parents because they spent 19 years raising me to the person I am today. And for all of that, just go away and die is going to kill them inside that they lost their second child. And you know what? Nothing else matters. Nobody else matters. Nobody else really cares about you. People can claim to love you, but it might just take them a couple of weeks to get over you. And they know that, but they don't want to think about that because you're not dead yet. And they don't want to experience that loss. So they just don't think about it ever. But all you are and all you'll ever be is just this fucking thing that lives and breathes and talks and maybe makes something on somebody else, makes an impact, makes an impression or an influence, but it doesn't matter because when you die, everybody else's life keeps going. And as their life is keeping going, that's all they care about because everybody deep down only care about their own legacy. They don't really care about your legacy. They just care about how their, how your legacy impacts their legacy and how your legacy makes them feel so that they can make their legacy stronger. Nobody really cares about how you feel and about what you're experiencing in life. Nobody really cares. And you're just there, just like they are. And then when you die and they keep going with their life, your manager, when you die, your manager is going to hire somebody else. When you die, your parents are going to find another kid. When you die, your parents are going to adopt a little black kid from China who for some reason ended up there because he was adopted by a Chinese couple who didn't want him either. And now your parents are going to adopt him. But nobody really cares about that kid. And now your parents do. But when they die, nobody's going to care about that kid again. And let's say that kid dies, your parents are going to hate themselves even more because so many kids are dying, right? So what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that nobody cares. I'm trying to say that if if your manager finds out that you died, he's going to be sad for a week. He might be sad for a couple of weeks. He might be sad for a month, but he's going to get over it because he needs to run a business and because you're just not important. His life is going to keep going. He's going to need to make his money. He's going to need to raise his family. Everybody is just doing it for them. And why is he raising his family? He's raising his family because he wants to feel successful, that he has created something, that he's creating a wife and kids, and he's creating his legacy. And why? Maybe he needs to prove it to his parents who didn't think he could succeed because he was a party animal when he was young. Or maybe because his parents had nothing and now he wants to prove to them that he can get that nothing for them because he feels like he owes them deep down because he was such a bad kid. And because he was such a bad kid emotionally, he needs to now prove to them that he needs to give them all these things. Or maybe I'm just projecting because my sister's dead. And maybe I feel like, oh, I need to succeed now because my sister's dead. Or maybe I need to preach her message and tell everybody else that, hey, look, if somebody you know is suffering or struggling with, with depression or some deep down mental illness or or something that's weighing them down, you need to be there for them. And maybe I'm saying that because I was never there for my sister. And maybe I'm saying that because she died and I didn't kill her, but I feel like I metaphorically did because I could have been there more. And you know, people are going to say, hey man, that's not good. Don't feel guilty because it was her decision. But yeah, it was her decision, but I was a part of her life almost every day. So did I not have an influence on her life? Am I just going to continue living the rest of my life like I had no say or doing in, in the fact that she killed herself? Am I going to say that I had no impression on that? Am I saying that I couldn't have even helped her get through it or at least change a little bit or something? Or am I going to find excuses and try to rationalize the fact that she's dead so that I could feel like I had nothing to do with it and continue living my life like everything's okay? Who knows? Everything we do is just for a feeling that we're we're doing the right thing. 
that we're doing what's morally right, that we're doing what we think is right because we can't do what's wrong because then other people will judge us and we can't live that life. We can't experience that life. We have to do everything correctly and we have to believe that whatever we're doing is the right thing to do because if we're not doing the right thing to do, then we're doing the wrong thing. And if we're doing the wrong thing, then we're probably not smart. And if we're probably not smart, then we're probably not going to make a difference. And if we're not going to make a difference in at least one person's life, then what's the point of us even living at all? What's the point of it? If we're here on this planet for everybody else, like if everyone else was dead right now and it was just me alone, who would I be sending this video to? Who would I be putting it up for? How would I be getting money? How would TikTok or Instagram or YouTube pay me for content that nobody else is watching? Who cares? Why should you care? Why should they care? Why should anybody care? If I put this content out and nobody was alive to watch it, does it even matter what I have to say? Does my message matter? Is what I'm saying important? We pretty much live for everybody else. We're not living for ourselves because everybody else and everything we do is for everybody else. Every business or corporation is a product or service that's run for people, for other people, not for you. So so that you can make money for you so that you can use that money to impress other people that make you feel good because that makes you feel good that you have more than these people who are looking up to you or something like that so what am i saying i'm saying that you're not important i'm saying that everything you do is to make yourself feel important because you know that you're not important because you're so insignificant and you just can't accept that you can't accept that and you know why you can't accept that because you lived You've seen it. You've seen death. And you just can't believe that one day you're going to die. And you don't want to die. And you want to feel important. So you make these stupid videos. And you make this podcast. And you try to appear smart. And you try to appear intelligent. But really, you're just a young guy who wishes that he knew what he was talking about. You're just a young guy who wishes that his sister was still alive. And he copes with it by talking to a camera. By talking to an inanimate object. And hoping that someone on the other side of that inanimate object is going to understand him. But they won't. Because they can't. Because they're just going to take it and internalize it through their own lens and make some other meaning of it. They're going to make their own meaning of it. And whatever you said really is just your own message. It's kind of art in a way. Because whatever you say is just going to go into their ears and it's going to come out of their ass. And they're going to have their own interpretation of it. And maybe you really liked something I said in this episode. Maybe you're going to take it away and you're going to go into your world and you're going to influence some other person's life. Maybe that's all I am. Maybe I'm just here to influence you, and then I die, and then I'm just a video. I'm just a product of the stuff I did in my life. So maybe materialism is people as well. Maybe I'm just a material. You know? As much as I am projecting, if somebody you know is suffering or hurting, I'm telling you right now, when my sister died, I died a little bit because I knew that I had something to do with her death. I knew that I could have impacted her for the better. And I'm not guilty, and I don't feel guilty, and I'm not saying this out of guilt. I'm saying this out of truth because it is the truth, is that when people die, the reason why we feel sad, especially when they commit suicide, is because we know we could have done something differently. And I'm not saying you should live in guilt and that you should know. But what you should know is that if you feel that way, then you obviously knew that you could have done something differently. So why live in regret and why not live the life that you know you should be living for you, but also help other people get through the life that they could be living better if you were there a little bit more? All I'm saying is death, no death, metaphorical death, whatever you want to call it, Whatever people preach, everyone you see in these grief camps are just people who 
who are grieving themselves or can't grieve. Why 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 would a random person join grief cramp grief camp if it wasn't because they've experienced something or they just want to know what it's like to be in grief camp. You know, it's like everything we do we do as a result of projecting what we wish we did differently. That's why I tell people to love the people that they lost. That's why I tell people that they mean nothing because I know that I don't. And I know people could comment and be like, yo, dude, you do mean something. You do mean something. Yeah, to you? Like, to who? (laughs) I can't wait for the day that I die because a lot of people are going to feel sad for a day. And that's the biggest impact I'll ever have on them. And I say this with love. I'm not saying this with, like, sadness or any spite. I'm saying this because it's the truth. Some people are watching this like, oh, he needs love. He needs, he needs more. He's missing something. He's, he's broken. Bro, we're all broken. And I'm just expressing it honestly. That's all I'm doing. I am loving life, so you know. I am so happy with life. I am broken like everybody else is broken. I'm just expressing it truthfully. That's it. I love life. I do. That's only because I love death as much as I love life. Because if I'm going to live as though everything's a miracle, then death is a part of that miracle. If I'm going to live as though everything's a miracle, I'm going to die as though everything's a miracle. That's the only way to live. If you're going to love everything, if you're going to see everything as a miracle, then you have to love life and everything in life as much as you're going to love death and everything in death. You got to love death as much as you love life. That's it. You can't be scared of something that's going to happen. You got to love it. You can either live as though nothing is a miracle or as though everything is a miracle. There's no in between. Death is a miracle. And it's going to happen.